Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, Era Number 2, Episode 67, Short Wait and Reunion Intruding. Welcome back, friends. The countdown had begun. Alan took off with a van back to Nienberg to help with the big move. The waiting phase for the money from Eureka was going to be a trying of our patience. Just a reminder that in those days, an international bank transfer was a lengthy process. The timing actually worked out quite well. By the time Thomas received the keys to the house, Peter and Gregor and their families were packed and on their way to Munich. Besides the Volkswagen van, they had rented a truck for the furniture that they had acquired while living in Nienberg. This included closets, beds, tables and chairs, kitchen supplies, a washing machine and a dryer. Added to that was all of the unwanted furniture that stood in the hallways. People we knew in the area had been donating towards our cause for months. This was not to be taken for granted though. We saw it as a sign from the Lord that we were on the right track. After all, we had arrived in Germany with only a few suitcases. During our three-week wait at the apartment, we celebrated my 25th birthday. I wasn't expecting anything, so it was a big surprise when Jane called us into the kitchen and presented me with a German cake. Thomas had helped Naomi make a card, and Jane gave me a beautiful silk scarf. The photo from that day shows a framed scripture that I had hung by the kitchen table. It was a sweet gift from a woman we knew in the States. It's fun to see that it later showed up in the living room of our new house. Our next Munich adventure with Tony and Jane was an outing to the world-famous Oktoberfest. This was Thomas's first visit there. We all had fun exploring the huge festival grounds and admiring the people who were dressed to perfection in their traditional costumes. The women in fancy, expensive dirndls and the men in lederhosen, leather shorts with suspenders and knee socks. Naomi and I fit right in with our new dirndls, but I was pretty sure that I would never see Thomas wearing those Bavarian lederhosen. He was too much of a Berliner guy for that. Finally, the day arrived when we could pack up our little car again and drive to Trudering. Alan, who knew the way, had led Peter into Munich and to our new address. Tony, Jane, and Ellie took the public transportation. It was so exciting when we all met there, our reunion in Munich. When Peter got out of the bus and saw the modern house and neighborhood, he was pretty impressed. It was not like his reaction on arriving at the farmhouse when he said, it looks older than the country of America. Thomas unlocked the gate and then the front door. The entry hall was a bright open space with marble tiles and a staircase to the upper apartments. We were literally stepping into our new lives in the suburbs of a beautiful city. We had left behind the country living we had shared in Nienberg. We weren't aware at that moment what a huge door of opportunity was being opened to us. The reason we were there was to create a safe shelter for all the needy people God would bring to us. In that, we had unity. We had not come to Munich for personal gain or a comfortable lifestyle. Within the first couple of years, we had literally hundreds of men and women coming in that front door, and before long, the house was overflowing and we were looking for a second house in Munich. The most amazing development that we had not expected was that people from all over the world would be joining us. 
You will hear those stories in the upcoming episodes. In one way, it was like we were leaving our alternative lifestyle behind us. No more wood-burning stoves, heating water for dishes and bathing, and sharing one little toilet room. Those were the outward circumstances, but we would be continuing with a communal lifestyle that still had its roots from our hippie days. For us, it was normal, but for most Germans, we were looked at with suspicion. We were going to have to gain the respect of many. For me, it was the first time living again with the convenience of central heating since the time we had left Hayward and moved into our teepee. It seemed like pure luxury, but practically speaking, it would save us time. No more transporting and chopping wood or cleaning out the ashes from the stoves. The location couldn't have been better. Besides the nearby train station, it was only a short walk to the town center where the shops were. We knew it was the perfect place to live, to work, and to travel from. The second team was also going to appreciate the conveniences of the house because they had just spent months living in tents tree planting. Somehow, God in his wisdom had pressed and formed our four families in those first eight months at the farmhouse. Now we felt ready to organize and host 15 Americans, most of whom we had never met before. To explain briefly what our goal was, it was similar to what all of us had experienced in California. There would be regular Bible teaching, working together, and going out on the streets to share the gospel. On stepping into the house, the first practical challenge we had was deciding who gets what rooms. Thomas and Alan were always willing to accept the leadership of Peter and Gregor. It was normal for us that they would make the final decisions. Things like this were tricky, but it would have been a waste of time to argue about trivial issues. I will try to give you an idea of the layout of the house and how we transformed it into a communal home. The obvious center of the home was the ground floor apartment. There we would set up a kitchen and a pantry room. The first problem was that Peter wanted the living room, dining room, and the enclosed patio room there for his family. It seemed pretty impractical to most of us, but we accepted his decision. This meant that the wide entry hall of that apartment and the two bedrooms would be set up with table and chairs for the meals. There was also a large bathroom with a bathtub and the German-style rod on the wall to hang a shower hose. Peter and Jackie agreed, though, that we could use their main room for the family meetings. On the other side of the house's entry hall would be the apartments for the single men that would be joining us. Up the stairs to the first floor was an identical apartment. Gregor and Linda also chose the living room, dining room area with a balcony that overlooked the garden. Thomas and I were given the main bedroom and a small room for our two girls. We were content with that decision. We felt so thankful to have a separate room for our children. Exactly like the downstairs area, to the right of the landing was the apartments for the single women. On up to the third floor attic rooms, which included a bathroom, Alan and Ellie were given the largest room so they would have enough space when their baby was born. There was also a small room that the men thought would be great for an office. The basement was also spacious with a separate apartment that included a kitchenette and a bathroom. 
Tony and Jane would not be staying much longer with us, but at least they could use those rooms. The large laundry room was like a dream come true for us women. Plus, there were a couple of other rooms that could be used to set up the leather shop. So after all of these big decisions were made, the job of unpacking began. It took a couple of days to unload the truck. There was a lot of heavy furniture that had to be carried up the stairs, and us women had to start improvising to prepare some food. The only thing in the kitchen was a sink and a small stove. As you can imagine, we were living out of boxes for quite a few days. Thomas and Alan were busy scanning the newspaper ads for kitchen cupboards and a refrigerator, then driving around to Munich to pick up the items that we chose. It was good that the men already had a lot of practice in Nienberg doing renovations and being creative with what we could afford. The next immediate project that Thomas and Gregor tackled was driving to West Berlin. Gregor was glad to help Thomas's mom because he had been there before and he felt a special kinship with her. The plan was to take apart the closets and load up all of the furniture that she didn't need. This included beds, tables and chairs, shelves, light fixtures, kitchen stuff, blankets, towels, and his father's new desk and his tools. It was sad for Thomas because he had to clean out his old room and sort through his father's belongings. At the same time, he was thankful for the opportunity to help his mother. She had taken care of her husband for many years, and now she was getting a new start in life. They must have spent the night there because the drive back to Munich took normally seven hours. They were loaded down with a heavy van, plus they would have to deal with the border control going in and out of East Germany. The fun part was when they arrived in Trudering and got all the guys to unload the car. Thomas already knew the furniture that we needed for our two rooms, but it was great that our whole household had just acquired things we really needed. Everyone appreciated Nadja's donation for our new start in Munich. Now, in writing era number two, these memories bring everything much closer to home than my previous episodes. Some of you shared life with us in those early days, and we had wonderful experiences together. Now I live outside of Munich, only a 40-minute drive across the city to the house where everything began. I hope to give you a glimpse into a bit of history and the developments of the Jesus movement in Germany and in Europe. These stories include my personal struggles with the language and the German culture, which was, needless to say, very different than my background. Honestly, it took me many years to come to the realization that I need not be intimidated. Thomas always said, just talk and don't worry if you make grammar mistakes. Well, a funny thing happened this week. I was standing in my garden talking to my neighbor, and then she said, your German is perfect, and you have such a nice accent. Ah, uh, I thought, oh dear, after so many years, I still have that cute American accent. But I wasn't the only one who struggled with the language. For Thomas, it was a long process of learning to communicate his faith and Bible truths in German. Everything he experienced as a new Christian was in English. Even for his mother, Nadia, it was strange trying to fit into the typical church life in West Berlin. Not many people could relate to her radical story of being saved in California and getting baptized in the river at Living Waters. The three of us had to just simply trust the wisdom of God. 
This is why I love the perfect word of God that explains everything. In Isaiah chapter 55, it is written, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. In many situations with people in those early years, Thomas and I did not understand God's purposes. Throughout the many joyful years of life we shared, these times were also interlaced with insecurities, tears, and the constant feeling of being inadequate for the task at hand. These words from Amazing Grace come to my mind. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved." How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. That is so encouraging. (laughs) So onward with our Trudering House adventures. In closing today, I want to remember Tony and Jane with gratitude and appreciation. They have both gone on to their heavenly home, ceasing from their labors here on earth. In the first photo I took of our group on the front steps of the Trudering House, they are sitting there with us. I wrote under the photo that they had helped attain that beautiful house that would be our home for the next five years. From our beginnings at Living Waters, which they had founded, all the way to Munich, they helped pave the way for the practical faith we learned. They were an example to us in their willingness to travel around to different cities and countries to help out. At the time, they didn't have children yet, so they were flexible. They did a great job blending in with the different cultures and taking on the necessary challenges. They were also very generous and truly servants everywhere they went. So bye for now, friends. P.S. Don't forget to check out my photographs that coincide with this episode on Instagram and my Facebook group called Finding Purpose Podcast Friends. Take care.